Welcome to the Minister's Mantle Teaching Library of Pastor Jay Everly. This message is designed to impart a spirit of faith into your spirit and prepare you to flow skillfully with the ministry mantle God has for you in these end times. Here's Pastor Jay. Well, let's go over to the book of uh, Jeremiah, the fifth, the, excuse me, the first chapter, the fifth verse. We're going to kind of start here tonight, and uh, we'll just see where we end up. Uh, but Jeremiah chapter one. This morning I started talking about the call to ministry, and uh, because it's not something you just decide to do. In fact, I implore you don't decide to do it if you're not called, because the devil will beat you up without the call, without the anointing. But but when the God calls you, He'll anoint you. For, I'm talking about ministry. Now you realize you have to. Everything we say tonight is going to be in relation to the fivefold ministry. But you realize God has other things for people to do in the body of Christ. So I'm not saying because of the way I'm going to talk tonight as, as, uh, as uh, just talking about those called the fivefold ministry, I'm not saying there's not other calls because I know there are. Personally, I believe there's a call for people to go into politics. Some, some people to go, not everybody, but some people. Uh, and we need good Christian people doing that. I believe there's calls to other business and so forth. Amen. It's a different kind of thing. It's not necessarily uh, the kind of call of the fivefold ministry, but, but God will anoint somebody. God will use somebody. He'll, he'll give them wisdom and bless them in all different areas, you know. And there's calls to helps ministry. You know, we understand that. We talk about all that. So the way I'm going to talk tonight, it might sound like I'm not thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's no other calls. There are. I understand that. But we're just simply talking about these fivefold ministry offices because that's what the Lord dealt with us to do. Amen. Now, um, we know, uh, like for example, when, when we read the, uh, the 13th chapter of Romans, the Bible calls people that God puts in government, He calls them God's servants. He, he calls them God's ministers, for example. So I believe there's people that God wants to use in those areas. But so we're not, we're not saying that's not true. We're just talking about the fivefold. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 1, we read God's call to, uh, or, or God talking to Jeremiah about His call to the ministry, and in this particular situation, it was the ministry office of the prophet. In the New Testament, we have five in Ephesians. Well, really, there's more than that. We're kind of just talking about the main five. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number uh, four, there we read verse 11 this morning where it talks about he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Yes, Amen. Uh, you go to Romans, you go to 1 Corinthians, he'll mention a couple more, but uh, we see then, but here in Jeremiah, that this is God's call to him as the, in the office of the prophet. Now, that's, that's uh, in the New Testament we have more than that, but let's read here in verse number 4. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, this is Jeremiah talking, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And we read that this morning talking about God set him apart. The word sanctify means set him apart. And that's what a call does. It sets you apart for service to God. It sets you in a place where God uh, has an assignment for you. It's a divine commission. It's a divine stewardship. It's a divine uh, purpose that he has for your life. And uh, it's an assignment, so to speak, to a destination. He, he's, he summonses you to a destiny that he had planned for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. Uh, in, the, in the body of Christ, you don't uh, make plans and ask God to bless them. You find God's plan because it's already blessed. 
And we said, made it very clear this morning, you know, we talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 and then also in Ephesians 4 where, where we're quoting verse 11. He gave some. He had set some in the church. Not all are called to these five-fold ministry offices. All of us have something to do for God. Amen. All of us should be doing something for God. Amen. Amen. There's a way God wants to use all of us. And so, but, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fivefold ministry, and those are only some of us. Amen. And so here's somebody God called him to the office of the prophet in his case, and he said, I sanctified thee. I knew thee before you were formed in your mother's womb, and uh, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Sanctified means to set apart. And so God set him apart from profane use, you know, secular employment, so to speak, and uh, set him apart to the, to the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, if, if God's, God's smart. How many of you know God's smart? He knows that it's hard to uh, focus on two things. If He has a call in your life, He wants you to focus on that entirely. Amen. 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 Paul told Timothy, uh, you know, talking about the ministry God called him to, he said, you know, don't neglect the gift of the Zen there. which is given thee by prophecy with the land of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. And then he said, give thyself wholly to them. Holy means entirely. Amen. That's how, and then he said, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Amen. That's the reason some people don't much profit in the call God put on their life because they don't give themselves wholly to it. I mean, they don't yeah, just go yeah. all out and give themselves. Right. You know, they got this on the side they want to do and this on the side they want to do and they got all kinds of things mingled in with God's call. Right. Come on, come on. Amen. Amen. They don't have the level of consecration to it to really get it done. Poke your neighbor and say, get her done. done. Amen. That's what you ought to do. Now, uh, so here's God sanctifying him and setting him apart. Now go over to the book of Acts, the 13th chapter, and uh, let's just read about Paul's, not really his call, but uh, because God called him, the Bible said back there in the book, uh, I mean, in Acts chapter number 9, he said, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the... He's on the road to Damascus. He was on the road to Damascus, and that bright light shine, and, you know, whom art, who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, you know. And then he said, what do you want me to do? And he said, go into the city, and it'll be told you what you, you shall do. And he went into the city, and the Bible said God sent a man named Ananias in there Amen. to uh, talk to him about his call. And he called, the Bible said God called him to go to the Gentiles and kings and so forth and so on. And uh, we won't get into all that, but here... Here is uh, whenever, because Paul started out in the ministry as a prophet and a teacher, but here's God separating him into the next phase of that call, really the ultimate that God had for him here. And that is, uh, we read this this morning in the, in the church, verse number one, church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, names of Barnabas and Saul uh, are mentioned there. In verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, no, not a man, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto, notice, I have called them. This wasn't where the call came. God had already called them, but now this is a separation into that call. I said when I was preparing for this series or this, this conference, you could call it, that the Lord gave me three words, called, uh, separated, and anointed. And that's what we're ministering on. We ministered on the call this morning how that, that call is something that comes from heaven. There is a divine call. God gave us the record of many or most of the people of God, most of the people in the Bible that were used the greatest, God gave us record of their call. Yes. Why does God do that? He wants us to know there is a divine call. Yes. You don't just go into something because, you know, I think this would be a good idea. That's not, that's not uh, you know, like somebody might choose to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. 
really Christians ought not just choose something anyway. They ought to find out God's plan. But uh, certainly in the ministry, you don't just choose a career. Say, I'm going to go into the ministry. The devil will beat you up. Because without the anointing, (laughs) you'll not succeed. Amen. So, but here he said, I have called them. God said this about Saul and Barnabas. I have called them. But he said, they've not been separated yet under this phase of it. They are already in the ministry, but they weren't separated under this phase of it. Now, you read down through here and find out what it was. It was actually in the 14th chapter, the 14th verse. For, for the first time, Paul is called an apostle. He's a sent one. Remember, God had called him back there in the 9th chapter, and it, it was years. I don't remember. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Maybe, maybe Pastor Tweed uh, has, has it on top of his head. How many years it was from chapter 9 to chapter 13 here? But uh, there was a number of years in there where Paul was just faithful in a lower office. Before he really got into the ultimate thing God had for him. Amen. Amen. Do you realize if you're faithful, God, God, you'll progress in the anointing. You'll progress in being used in greater and greater ways. The Lord will increase you more and more. Amen. So uh, he's increasing going into really the ultimate. He called it in Philippians 3, I believe it's verse 14. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. The ultimate God has for you is where you want to end up. Amen. But there are steps of faith and faithfulness and so forth and so on to get there. Can you say amen to that? So uh, he said, I have called them. God had already called them, but here is where they were separated under that call. So this morning we talked about the call. Tonight we're going to talk about being separated under the call. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, this is a two-sided thing. It's It's something that God does in His divine sovereignty. He separates us like he did to Jeremiah there. He said, uh, you know, I separate thee and I uh, ordain thee a prophet. God said, I'm separating you. But just because God separates you doesn't mean it automatically comes to pass. You have to separate yourself unto what God has separated you unto. And that's what they're doing here. They're separating them under this call that God had actually called them to. Now, we won't get into it, but uh, I'll just refer to the verse in Exodus 29, 21. Uh, he calls this, these callings hallowed. Uh, and uh, it really means set apart and treated as a holy possession of God. Amen. Now, all of us really are set apart holy in the New Testament, you understand. But there are calls that God wants certain ones of us to separate from secular work, secular business, you know, just just earning an income for our our family. Now, all of us should be putting our hand to something, you understand. But but he's separating some of us, though, to the fivefold ministry. That means separated from secular work into spiritual work. And uh, those that God calls like that, He has a plan to finance their needs for their families and so forth. And that's called tithes and offerings. Amen. And ultimately, if you're called to one of these five-fold ministries, God will ultimately move you into being employed in that. Now, I realize there's what we might call lay ministers that sort of assist the pastor and so forth. And uh, and, uh, in some sense, some of that, uh, you know, if the church grows to the point they can bring more people on, they'll bring people on on salary to do things like that to help. Amen. Amen. But you see, you got to start out where you are. Just be faithful and let God do that. But my point is, um, these five-fold ministry offices, God will move you into uh, being separated uh, unto uh, this being, if you want to use it in secular terms, being your employment, you know. Amen. Now, um, let's go over to 1 Timothy. Well, let's see here. Let's save some time. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 here. Y'all with me tonight? 
Uh, we're just sharing what God put on our heart. We're, we're laying a little bit of foundation so we can really pop the clutch, as, as uh, Sister Sandra tells us. Amen. Pop the clutch. Amen. Shuck the corn. You're getting up in my Kool-Aid, all that. <laughs> what would we do without Sister Sandra? I don't know. I think we'd have to pray for somebody. God replace somebody, replace her with somebody just like her, wouldn't we? Second <laughs> Timothy 2. Now let's go to verse number 4. Well, uh, let's, oh my, 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 my. Uh, yeah, for time's sake, start in verse 4. No man that warreth. Now Paul's talking to Timothy, a young minister here. And uh, he's talking to uh, us as ministers as well. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him that hath chosen him to be a soldier. Isn't that interesting? Now, basically, let's put it this way. Uh, you know, in, in, we have a military in our nation, and uh, you don't ever go out, you know, after church or after Sunday service or something. Uh, you know, you leave service here, and you drive down to the restaurant to get something to eat, and down at the restaurant is a soldier panhandling, saying, could you give me some money for my machine gun? Huh? I need to buy a uniform or some new boots. No. The one who assigned them to, to be a soldier, yeah. called them to be a soldier and, and employs them as a soldier, pays, pays all that. Yeah. Isn't that right? Amen. And that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about uh, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Let me read some other translations if I could. Y'all still out there? Like uh, the, uh, let's see here, the uh, Beck translation. Where am I at? I'm looking at the wrong page here. Uh, well, I think I got written in the margin of my Bible if I can read it. It says uh, in the Rotherham translation, he doesn't uh, be entangled with the matters of his livelihood. The matters of his livelihood. The Amplified says the, uh, it's hard to read because it's all worn off. <laughs> uh, uh, something about the civilian life, the enterprises of civilian life. Amen. See, a soldier's not uh, taking time to, you know, uh, deal in the enterprises of civilian life. Or as the Rotherham says, with the matters of his livelihood. And so God's plan for ministry is they that preach the gospel live of the gospel. See, we're talking to uh, those, that we've got 41, I think Katie said, 41 students that are, that are since the call to five-fold ministry. Yeah. That's part of our ministry is raising up ministers. Yeah. But uh, God's plan for you is eventually as your faith. Now, you, got, you, you just start out and do whatever you got to do. You yes, just, sir. I mean, you just yes, <laughs> wait tables or yes, clean air ducts or, yes, that's what I did, clean air ducts. Yes, just sir. do what you got to do. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen, because if a man doesn't provide for his own house, he's worse than an infidel. Well, praise the Lord. How about this side over here? You still... You just do what you got to do. But yeah, right on the other hand, God will, will, will eventually start dealing with you. I want you to give yourself to this more and more, and He'll provide an opportunity for, for uh, you to have income through that. And that's part, listen to me, that's part of the separation. Not the only thing that separation means. We'll get into some of the main things it means, but that's part of it. Yes. Amen. 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 So uh, he said here a soldier doesn't, uh, uh, he doesn't really, uh, you know, get involved in the enterprises of civilian life or uh, the matters of his livelihood. Are you still out there? Yes. 
So uh, we see that then that's part of this separation. Amen. Amen. Now, this call is a call to a separated life. Remember the apostles said in, in Acts 6, 4, they said, we will, because remember they were, uh, they were the, the church was growing and there was a lot of needs. Remember there came up a dispute amongst them between the Grecians and the Hebrews because the Grecian widows were neglected in the daily ministration. They had a food distribution. And uh, the Bible said that uh, they, they, they said, look out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost wisdom. We may point over this business for we must give ourselves to the word of God in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. See, now that's, if you're called to the five-fold ministry, that's your goal to where you're, you're not distracted by the other affairs that, that would distract you from giving yourself to teaching and preaching the Word. Amen. Now, I know that some people have the idea that, you know, that's all that I ever do is teach or preach or go home and pray. But see, there's a lot of duties at the ministry here I have to oversee. I mean, uh, duty 101 is make decisions. <laughs> Make right decisions. Amen. We got a lot going on around here. Yes, a lot of department heads needing direction and so forth. Pastor Debbie's so helpful in that. She's a great blessing. But yet right on the other hand, it's not just all teaching and preaching. Yet right on the other hand, I can't do all the department duties. I can't, I can't do all the, uh, you know, everything that has to happen around here. Yeah. Somebody said recently, I've never seen a, a church of this number do so much. Yeah. Well, that's not because I'm doing it all. Isn't that right? Yeah. But you know, on the other hand, I got to give myself, I have to guard uh, being too involved in some of that because it'll distract me from doing Acts 6, 4, giving myself to the Word of God in prayer. That's what, this, that's what helps ministry was ordained in the church for, to give the, 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 those that are called to the five-fold ministry to give the, themselves to the Word of God in prayer so that whenever people come to church, they actually get something. Yeah. Amen. To where they're not going, I wonder what he's trying to say. He must be so busy this week, he didn't even get with God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so uh, that's, what, uh, that's what God's plan is for five-fold ministry is that they more and more give themselves to the Word of God in prayer. Brother Hagin made the statement whenever he started healing school in 1973, I believe it was. 73, I believe, if I'm right. 74, maybe 74. Uh, he made the statement. He said, now, he told his son-in-law, Buddy Harrison, uh, at the time, he said, now, I'm going to have to turn over the, uh, the, uh, the office, the affairs of, of organizing, I mean, not organizing, but administrating the office. I'm going to have to take, turn that over more to you. He said, because I'm going to be in healing school every day. And he said, you can't preach and teach and minister healing under a strong anointing and be caught up with the business affairs of the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, see, there's somebody with experience talking, but that's in line with the Word. And he, he saw tremendous results. Amen. Well, praise God. Anyway, so that's the point. Now, uh, let's go to uh, Matthew 22 and look at something. I'm going to have you turn to some of these verses. Some of them I'll just refer to for time's sake. But uh, I believe most of us are familiar with this one. We're going to go to the 22nd chapter of Matthew, verse number 14. 22nd chapter, verse number 14. Jesus made this statement. Many are called, but few are chosen. Say out loud, many are called, many are called but, few are chosen. but few are chosen. Well, that just tells you then that uh, the call itself doesn't qualify you. There's something that you or I must do. Let's, let's read it this way. Many are summonsed or invited to do something for God, but few actually fulfill that. 
Would that be another way to say that? In other words, few are actually picked to, and, and the anointing actually comes on them to stand in that and fulfill that. That's an amazing statement. Circle many and few. Because you read through the Bible and you'll see uh, some statements that are made. For example, you'll see uh, the, the parable of the sower. He'll talk about uh, the good ground as opposed to the other kinds of ground. And you'll find 75% of the dirt never produces anything. That's that few and many again. Y'all out there, you're going home. Hallelujah. Well, uh, then we have in the, uh, in the uh, case where Brother Hagin, uh, Jesus talked to Brother Hagin uh, about the ministry and the different phases. He said to him he had been unfaithful in phase two and so forth, and he was talking to him about getting into the next phase and being faithful and so forth in this vision Jesus gave Brother Hagin. And then he said, uh, you had been unfaithful in uh, phase two, and he said, uh, many ministers live and die and never get into the first phase of the ministry I have for them. What stands out to me tonight is that first word, many. That's what Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. Say out loud, many. many. Then Jesus uh, gave Brother Hagin a healing. I think it was one of the first visions. Gave him a healing anointing and said, uh, hold out your hands. You remember that? He held out his hands, put the finger in his uh, both hands. And then he said, uh, I've called the anointed and given unto thee a special anointing to minister to the sick or heal the sick. And then he said, stand up right before me. And he did. And he, Jesus went on to talk to him about some things, about his ministry and what was to come, what he was to do. And then Jesus began to go his way in the vision. But then Jesus turned around and came back and he said this to Brother Hagin. You paying attention? Yeah. Say out loud, I'm listening. I'm listening. He said to Brother Hagin in this vision, he said, many, he said, be careful about money. Then he said, many of my servants whom I have uh, anointed for this type of ministry have become money-minded and have lost the anointing. Many. Many. Well, I'm pointing out here what it says in Matthew twenty-two fourteen. 14. Many are called, few are chosen. I know of many that God has talked to about in this congregation that they never fulfill it. I mean, if you can't even get to church, you're not fulfilling it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Why do many not fulfill it? Or only few fulfill it? Because many don't separate themselves unto it. Many don't qualify for it. Because I don't mean qualify like good works. I'm talking about, when I say qualify, I mean be faithful to prepare for it. I mean be faithful to get ready to renew your mind, get the Word of God in you. Uh, and, and so forth and so on. We'll talk about some things tonight. And so uh, I don't want the statistics here at Spirit of Faith Family Church to be many got started and few actually fulfilled it. Because we're going to teach you how to separate yourself unto your call. Give yourself to it. Hallelujah. And sometimes that requires sitting under somebody else that can help train you up, show you the ropes that has been down the road a little bit further than you have been. And we'll tell you, I ain't going to work. The bridge is out. Don't do that. Amen. How many of you know you can learn the hard way or the easy way? Somebody said the school of Knox, hard knocks is a good school. Yeah, but the tuition's really high. Tuition's terrible. So uh, you can learn by sitting under somebody else. 
Amen. And sitting under somebody else that's been a little bit more down the road or a little bit more experienced in ministry, they can uh, help build you right on the inside to respond correctly to the Spirit of God and really become skillful with what you're called to do. Remember the Bible says, as the hands, as, uh, as, uh, arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children in the hands of their father. You remember that? Isn't that right? Well, that's talking about natural fathers, but how about a spiritual father? A spiritual father is just somebody more seasoned that can show you the ropes, you know, in ministry. Amen. And so spiritual fathers can help you hit your target and not be going, eh, you know, weaving into this and weaving into that and interpreting the Spirit of God speaking to you wrong and all these things that are not in line with the Scriptures. Amen. And so uh, many are called, but few don't really qualify. Now, in the book of Revelation, we read this. Uh, in the 17th chapter in the 14th verse. I love this passage because it sort of fills in the blank there when Jesus said many are called, few are chosen. But Revelation says in 1714, I want you to turn to it. I think it'd be good for us. Um, we'll read it here. Uh, verse number 14, 17th chapter of Revelation. These make war with the Lamb and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Look at he added here in this passage, he added something that's not in Matthew 22. Matthew 22, many are called, one, but few are chosen, two. In the book of Revelation, he gave us the key to being chosen. Called and chosen and faithful. 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 You see, if you're not faithful in the preparation stage of ministry, which is where most of you are here, uh, then you'll never actually get into the ministry. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1, 2, I mean 1, 1, 12, he said uh, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. There's a faithfulness that must be uh, exercised even before you get into the ministry. What is it? Faithfulness to prepare for, for stepping in. Faithfulness to renew your mind. Faithfulness to do what God told you to do in helps ministry. Amen. Just faithfulness to follow God whenever He says, now I want you to put away that pornography. Hey, well, now we're going to, we left preaching and went to meddling, did we? Amen. But all those things will keep you from fulfilling your ministry. Now, listen. Uh, uh, do you realize the devil would love for a person to stay bound by something like pornography and get out there and be influential in the body of Christ? Then he's going to pull the rug out from underneath of you. And everybody that had confidence in you uh, loses confidence in preachers. Some people get out of fellowship with God, never will go back to church because all those preachers are frauds, you know. So God really wants to get that all, all dealt with. Well, I, it's all true anyway. We're shucking the corn like Sister Sandra told us to do. Uh, now go to 1 Timothy 4.14. We're looking at a lot of scriptures, and you'll find a lot of these are in these uh, epistles, uh, Pauline epistles to the uh, pastoral epistles to these young ministers, you could say. And that'd be a good thing if you're in Bible school these, for, for this year. It'd be a good thing to always spend time reading the first and second of Timothy and Titus and some of these pastoral epistles where he's training up young ministers, you know. We didn't give you particular reading assignments, but that'd be one you could focus on. First Timothy 4, let's look at verse number 14. We'll read down through verse 16. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the land on the hands of the presbytery. That's talking about that anointing. 
We'll get to that part. Then he said, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy, peering, that, that thy profiting may appear to all. One translation says advancement or progress or increase. Amen. God wants to advance you in the ministry. Then verse 16, Take heed unto... What's the first thing he said? He's talking to a young minister here. Take heed. Now, he already said, don't neglect the gift. But here he said, take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So he said, not only take heed, like he said in verse 14, to the ministry or the gifting, amen, but take heed to yourself. What would that mean? That means your own spiritual condition. That means your own fellowship with God. That means your own renewing of your own mind. Amen. That means you growing spiritually. That means taking heed to uh, your home life. Make sure your home life is in order. And we'll, we'll talk about a list of things here before we get done tonight. Oh, we'll get done sometime before midnight, you know. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, uh, he, he said, not just don't take just heed to the ministry. You see, just because you're taking heed to the gifting doesn't mean you're taking heed to yourself. Your own spiritual hygiene, so to speak. How about a, a stinky attitude or ang anger flare-ups or, you know, getting mad and breaking things in the house and trying to show your wife, I'm boss here, you know. Huh? Well, whose mail am I reading? I don't know. Am I, am I reading your mail? Take heed to thyself. You've got to feed your spirit, renew your mind, separate yourself uh, from carnal living, you know. Take heed to thyself. What are you watching on TV? Or the internet nowadays. Amen. Keep your vessel clean. Ready for the master's use. Amen. Now you find over here, let's go back to, uh, the, I mean, uh, over to uh, 2 Timothy. He says in verse, this is chapter number 2, verse number 20, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man purge himself from these, <clears throat> he'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use. He's talking about people that God wants to use. He calls them a vessel, and he says there's different kinds of vessels. Some are, uh, he calls them here, vessels of gold and silver, and then others of wood and of earth. Well, somebody said, well, I just must be an old clay pot for Jesus. Well, that's not because Jesus is limiting you to that. He didn't say in verse, look at the next verse there in verse number 21. If Jesus, therefore, decides to make you a gold vessel. Huh? No. He said if a man purges himself. In other words, get some of these old carnal things out of his life. We're talking about separating yourself under the call. See, the first stage of uh, being separated unto God is in the preparation stage, yes. pre preparing yourself yes, to uh, be a good vessel. Yeah. Because it, you know as well as I do, you put, uh, what vessel you put something in is going to start flavoring that. Yes. Isn't that right? And God doesn't want to put precious things in a vessel that's going to taint it and, and distort it where it comes through a carnal vessel and so carnality is going to be spread through the congregation. Let me say this to the, you call to the ministry. Everything you do in moderation, the people will do in excess. Amen. Things spread from, from leadership down to, to congregations. Yes, they do. Even if, the, even if the people don't know what's going on in the leader's life. 
It's a spiritual thing. It'll spread. Well, hallelujah. Everybody's still happy, right? And so it's your job to be a vessel unto honor by purging yourself, getting some of these things out. Deal with uh, these issues. Amen. Now, somebody said, well, I just don't qualify, so I guess I won't go into the ministry. Well, don't sit there and, you know, putrefy in your own condemnation. Go to working on it. Get the 1 Timothy 3 out and look at the list of qualifications for ministry. What are the qualifications for ministry? Amen. We'll go through those in these, not tonight, but yeah, if you can handle it. It's all good. Praise the Lord. I don't think we'd have the trouble that uh, happens in ministry where people are falling and stuff if we actually insisted on qualifications being met before somebody's ordained or put in a position of honor or something like that. Well, it's all true. Be a vessel meet for the master's use, ready to carry that anointing well and dignify the ministry. There's enough, you know, old pots of ministry around that that the world doesn't dignify the ministry anymore. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians 9.27. If you want to go there, I'm just kind of going to move along here. But 1 Corinthians 9.27, the apostle Paul talked about uh, his own ministry. He said, I keep under my body. In other words, I keep it under submission to me. I control it. I keep under my body. And he said, I bring it into subjection. It doesn't volunteer. You're going to have to bring it. You're going to have to demand it. I bring it into subjection. Amplified says I subdue it. That's sort of like foot on the neck of it. Not the physical body itself, but the nature in it. And lest, I, lest by any means when I have preached to others, so he's talking about being in the ministry, when I <clears throat> preach to others, I myself would be a castaway. Oh, my goodness. So the Bible does tell us that there are those in ministry, amen, that are, that like the Greek says, disapproved or set aside as unusable. Maybe that, the Amplified might be the one that says that. Is that what the Amplified says? I know somewhere a translation says set aside as unusable. So here's a man that God called. Now, Paul said, I make sure this doesn't happen, but he's telling us, he's warning us this could happen. Somebody could be called and yet they're not usable. Why? Because their flesh disqualifies them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's tight tonight, but it's right. Come on now. Amen. Look at turn to your neighbor and go, we're sucking it up tonight. <laughs> Amen. It's possible that somebody could be called and even then begin to step out and be, God be using them, but then they disqualify themselves because their flesh is not under control. And so they can't go on and finish what God's called them to do. It's not God that's limiting them. They're limiting themselves. Amen. God doesn't qualify us. God doesn't separate us for ourselves. We do that. He calls us to be separated, but then we've got to, make, we've got to separate ourselves. Amen. Your flesh can keep you from finishing your course. Your unrenewed mind can keep you from finishing your course. <clears throat> well, all the amens are dying down now. <laughs> This is what Brother Hagin said. Jesus told him, many, many live and die and never get into the first phase. This could be one reason why right here. Well, uh, we're not left to our own efforts to uh, deal with the flesh. 
How many of you like Romans 8, 13? It says, you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body. You don't do it by willpower or efforts of the flesh. You do it, you and I do it through the Spirit. Amen. Get that old flesh under control by yielding to the Spirit. The Bible said if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. Or what if you yield your tongue to praying a lot in the Holy Ghost, building up yourself in the most holy faith? Well, then you can get a hold of that flesh. That's right. Amen. You through the Spirit. The power of God is available to help you overcome fleshly habits and bondages and, and uh, so forth and so on. Amen. Well, we're, 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 uh, we're not left to our own power. Tell your neighbor, you're not on your own in this area. Uh, if you don't meet the qualifications yet, don't give up. You know what I mean? Don't lay down and just quit and say, well, I guess I can't fulfill it. No, get up and go after it. Go after these things, these areas of your life. Now, here's a verse that really came, came home to me, Second Peter, in, uh, in, in preparing out in Calif- I mean, uh, Colorado. And uh, this past week also, this verse came real, I mean, it came to me by the Spirit. I had read it before, but I'd kind of forgotten about it, you know. Second Peter chapter number 1, verse number 10. Wherefore, the, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. You do these things, you'll never fail. And you read the context, he's talking about issues of character. Amen. You realize you should never uh, develop in the anointing on your life without developing character at the same time. It's not really a lack of anointing that disqualifies people. It's lack of character that disqualifies them. <clears throat> but anyway, but he says, do these things that, uh, and give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So it's your job to make sure... Your calling. In other words, what does that mean, make it sure? That just simply means make sure it's not in danger of being unfulfilled. Listen to the Goodspeed translation. It says, make God's call and choice of you certain. Notice he didn't say God will do that. He said you do that. Good speed again. Makes God's call and choice of you certain. 20th century New Testament says, put God's call and selection of you. That kind of sounds like called and chosen. It doesn't. Put God's call and selection of you beyond all doubt. Well, when somebody starts getting fleshly, it's in doubt. Whether that's ever going to come to pass. Huh? Isn't that right? It's in danger of not being fulfilled. You got to stay built up spiritually. You remember the Bible said, run with patience the race is set before you over there in Hebrews. Well, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse number 31, they that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They, they run and they're not weary. How many is it? 1,500 ministers a, a month, is it? Quitting the ministry here in the United States, something like that. Unbelievable. Well, they're not doing Isaiah 40, 31. They're not waiting on the Lord. They're not renewing their strength. And it, it puts their, their call in danger. You get too weak to keep responding to it, spiritually speaking. You, you no longer have the, the wherewithal to, to get a hold of yourself saying, I'm going after it again, you know. Just because Sister Blabbermouth left the church, you know. You know, there's a fictitious Sister Blabbermouth out there somewhere. Nobody has met her yet, but... 
<laughs> Amen. There's times in the ministry you just got to encourage yourself in the Lord because there ain't nobody else doing it. So you got to get along with God and build up yourself, remind yourself of the call, go back over it, pray in tongues, wait on the Lord, let Him infuse inner strength on the inside of you, and you come out of that prayer closet like, where is the devil? Show me where he's at. Amen. 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 And to be honest, let me, let me say this to you. If you're going into the ministry, especially pastoring, if you don't stay strong spiritually and a strong leader and a strong, you have the ability to make decisions and listen to God. See, leadership in the body of Christ is basically, in, in the things of God, is basically hearing from God and going out and saying, this is what we're going to do. Yes, you hear that? Yes, this is what we're going to do. But, uh, you know, hearing from the Word and hearing from the Holy Ghost. But if you don't have a strong ability to stay, to stay strong spiritually and hear from God and make decisions and, and stand by it and give direction, say, this is what we're going to do, there's plenty of people around that will rough, run roughshod right over you. As a leader, you got to be a strong leader, not some panty waisted, weak, you know, Gomer Pyle kind of guy or woman. Because there's some strong personalities around. If you're not strong, they're going to run right over you. Before you know it, the church is following what they say rather than the pastor. So you're going to have to wait on the Lord, renew your strength, and be strong, or your call's in danger. Well, I'm preaching better than your amen in tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That just means you'll give an account for it whether you fulfill it or not. But uh, you may as well go ahead and fulfill it. So here's some things to deal with. I mean, we could spend a lot of time. We could spend weeks and weeks on this. But number one, get your mind renewed. I'm talking about preparation. I'm talking about separating yourself. Uh, under this, whatever God's called you to do, get your mind renewed. You know, an unrenewed mind is a weight. It makes the will of God heavy and always a drudgery. And, uh, you know, hey, well, we, uh, like I said, we could take too much time on each one. So get your mind renewed. Number two, get your flesh under control, like we just talked about. Number three, get your marriage and your home life in order. Talking about separating under this call. You realize the, the Bible says if a man can't, uh, uh, lead his own house, have his children in, in control and so forth, then he's not qualified to be over the house of God. You know the Bible said that? <laughs> Amen. You're going to have to be a good parent before God will move you into some of these things. Especially pastoring. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, but anyway, get, get those things in order. Not, not that uh, you're going to, you know, you realize you can't wait until you have 100% everything just going perfect or you'd never get into the ministry, but at least you generally got things in order and you're going towards more order. Get your doctrine straight. Well, there's a big one. I'll tell you, we got a world full of strange doctrines in the church world right now. Strange doctrines. Get your doctrine straight. We're going to actually take some time in later Bible school sessions about that and spend a lot of time on that, so we won't deal with that tonight. But, but uh, that has to be dealt with because you'll give an account what you preach, you realize. Deal with issues of integrity. I tell you, in the ministry, there, there's too many ministers that, you know, they'll just steal sheep from one another. You know, like I say, Brother Hagin said it, I liked it, I picked it up. He said, uh, some people are just like anybody's dog that'll hunt with them. You ever heard that term? In other words, not loyal to one master, they'll just, they'll just run with anybody. And some preachers are like that. Steal sheep from 
other pastors? Well, they got to deal with issues of integrity. And we'll spend time on that too. <laughs> but uh, pay your bills. It's gonna pay your bills. Amen. Don't be somebody. The Bible says actually to do that so that you have a good report of people that are without this qualification for ministry. Uh, be on time. Oh, we better skip over that one. Too much conviction will hit the room. Be on time. How many of you know, really, your job ought to be, if you're called to the five-fold ministry and you're here in helps ministry, you know, preparing for that phase of your life, then you ought to be the first one in your department there. Because when you pastor, you're going to have to, you know. Well, anyway. Why am I drawn over here so much? <laughs> so be on time. Uh, keep your word. Be an honorable person. I mean, it's, it's the kind of person you swear to your own hurt and change not. Not somebody that just, well, it wasn't convenient and it didn't work out. Now, I tell people sometimes, because somebody's at the back door, I'll, you know, we're greeting people on Sunday and, and somebody will come past. I need to talk to you. Okay, well, uh, you know, we'll set up an appointment. And before you know it, I've said three or four things and I got more people. I'm like, okay, what all did I say? And, and, and uh, I, I got to remember all this, you know. And so I'll tell people sometimes, remind me because I don't want to forget that. Remind me, you know. Amen. So there are times I've forgotten. And somebody had to remind me. But see, I, I, that wasn't because of integrity. It was because, I, you know, I got 14 people telling me they want to do this, they need this, or I, I need to talk to you about that, and, you know. But, but you have to be a person where you learn to write things down and, and keep your word if you said something. Anyway, uh, keep a job. <laughs> I have known people in my life that I think since I've known them, and I've known them for about 30 years, 20-some years, 20, late 20, upper 20s years, I think they've had 32 jobs since I've known them. Absolutely can't keep a job. Something ain't right. Just up and leaving. Well, I didn't like it there anymore. Well, what are you going to do whenever Sister Blabbermouth comes and you don't like her in the church anymore? Are you just going to not show up? I've actually been tempted in some of, those men, some of those mentoring classes I had. I was tempted. I told the staff, we need to do this sometime as an illustration. Okay, class starts at 7 o'clock. I said, this is what I need to do. I need to just wait till 7.10. I need to come in with my tie off and come in with one shoe on and come in all befuddled like I wasn't ready and I'm late and I'm still getting ready and all of that. Or just, just announce a class. We're having class tonight at 7 o'clock and then never show up. Me, the pastor, the, the one who's in charge that will never show up. I said, I've been tempted to do that just to illustrate how that you expect us to be here, but then you don't show up. You know. Or you do show up, but you're not ready. You show up with that old stinky attitude from your unsaved husband. You bring that here. Well, I better get behind the pulpit so I stop meddling. Amen. So uh, keep a job. Be faithful to a job. Here's one. Don't live sloppy and unorganized. Flying by the seat of your pants. On a wing and a prayer, you know. <laughs> Amen. If I come out to you, Brother Hagin said, uh, and I don't remember, maybe, maybe you remember, it was the Don Nam, it was the Assembly of God uh, Regional Director or whatever they called him. You know, they have uh, sectionals and regions and all that. And uh, 
He said whenever he was looking for, maybe a pastor, the church needed a pastor, and he said that several candidates would turn in an application. They wanted to pastor that church. He said this, this uh, regional director would go to their house unannounced and just start looking through the drawers, pulling things open, seeing how organized the drawers are. And the ones that are disorganized, they never got called, they, they never got put in the position of the pastor there. I can tell a lot by looking in your car window, you know. A, san a sandwich, a half-eaten sandwich from three weeks ago laying over here. Dashboard full of papers. You can't even organize your own life. How are you going to run a church? It, happen it happens every time. I get out from behind the pulpit and I go to meddling, Pastor. Stable, here's another one. Stabilize your emotions. Mmm. Well, we, yeah, my wife said I'm on it, so I'm on it. She's, she's, she's led of the Spirit. I know she hears God. Stabilize your emotions. In other words, don't be a person who's dominated by their emotions. Amen. Uh, uh, you made a statement. You, you, you don't even know it. You put out a newsletter. Somehow I got your newsletter years ago. We first got here to pastor. You, you had some, a newsletter about things being in order. And uh, I still have that in my notes because it so blessed me. God. Aren't you glad you came tonight? <laughs> but he mentioned in there, some, somewhere in the course of his teaching, he mentioned about uh, fears being, mag he used this statement, he said, fears, fears uh, whenever people aren't sound-minded, fears are magnified and imaginations are exalted above reality. And a lot of times the reason imaginations are, uh, uh, you know, uh, greater than reality in some people's eyes is because their emotions are not kept control. Right. You remember, you ever notice when you yield to, uh, to anger, you, you don't even think sane? Imaginations rule over reality. So get a hold of those emotions. Amen. You ever, you ever gotten in a, in, a, in a tizzy, worked up emotionally, and then later when you cooled off, you looked at what you were all worked up about and thought, what was the big deal? All it was, whether we go to this steakhouse or that steakhouse, I mean. <laughs> and, yet, and yet you can get so worked up about it, and this is so huge, you don't love me because you won't take me to my steakhouse. <laughs> After you've slept it off and wake up the next morning, you look at it and you go, well, I get behind the pulpit, so I stop meddling again. Crucify the looseness of the flesh towards the opposite sex. Amen. We've sort of dealt with that to a degree. We could spend a lot more time on that. But deal with the tendency toward anger outbursts. These are just some things the Lord put on my heart. We're talking about separating yourself. Amen. Amen. Do you realize that uh, in the ministry, if you're going to be effective, people have to have respect for you. Yeah. They have to have confidence in you. And uh, if, they, if some of these things, they witness these things over and over again, they, you know, they, they'll forgive you a time or two, but you keep on doing it. Eventually, they'll lose confidence in you. and They, they don't want to come to a church which is led by somebody like that. Amen. Amen. Be temperate, the Bible says. That's one of the qualifications for ministry, being temperate. How about being temperate in your, uh, the way you spend money? Not spending more than you have coming in, you know. How about being temperate with food? 
Uh-oh, we did it. We went, we went there. Amen. Being temperate with food. Hallelujah. It ought not be that, uh, praise the Lord. The preacher's the biggest guy in the whole church. It ought not be whenever you go down to the gym and, get a, and sign up for a monthly membership that the credit card company calls thinking that somebody stole your credit card. <laughs> there must be fraud here. There must be fraud here. <laughs> we wanted to call. It couldn't have been you. It couldn't have been you. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. See, the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is temperance. And uh, we're to develop these fruit as well as the ministry that God's given us. The, talking about the anointing that flows through us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, if you don't live sanctified, the people that you minister to won't either. If you're carnal, you'll have a church full of fugitives. As Brother Hagen, I mean, Dr. Dufresne used to always say. Here's some other things. Get your priorities right. Develop your spirit to dominate you. That's, that's how you crucify the flesh. And develop your prayer life. And have good spiritual habits. You know, bad physical habits can kill you. But bad spiritual habits can kill you. Can kill your ministry, that's for sure. You can't just... Uh, the only time you go to fellowship with, or go to God in prayer is to get a sermon. I'm talking about practical things that you learn in the ministry. You, you can't do that because uh, you, you're, 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 you're sharing out of an empty vessel. Right. Yes, sir. Amen. You have to feed your own spirit. Not, I mean, sometimes you, you have to go to God regularly in your own fellowship with Him just simply to feed your own spirit, just simply to fellowship with Him yourself. Every now and then the Lord has to check me on that. And then one of the ways he'll do it, he'll say, I love you too. Don't, start, don't just keep bringing everybody else to, you, to me. I want to talk to you. Amen. 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 Well, it's all true. Tell your neighbor we're getting some help tonight. Now, here's another one. Develop right connections and associations through relationships. You, if you're going into the ministry, the people that are already in the ministry ought to be your highest fellowship. That doesn't mean you can't minister to younger people in the church and, and help bring them along and, you know, just, just encourage them and so forth and so on. But that's ministry. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is a two-way thing. Fellowship, you're receiving and you're giving out. You need to seek out that, if you're going into the ministry, seek out people who are already in the ministry. Just sit down and start pulling on their spirit and let them get to talking. Hallelujah. And so seek that out. These are all things that help prepare you for the ministry. Hallelujah. A lot of these things, if you never get them uh, right, then God will not speak to you further about His call on your life. I remember one time in Ramah, now you might not believe it, but I, I was, I was uh, carnal. And uh, the Lord dealt with me about it. He said, now, if you don't deal with this area of your life, you've gone as far as you go in, in, in spiritually with me. That got my attention. Amen. Just keep looking straight ahead. We won't know it's you too. Amen. But see, all of us have flesh. Tell your neighbor, I know you do. I've seen it. 
<laughs> Glory. Amen. So uh, God set you apart for His purpose, but you must separate yourself to what God has separated you unto. Hallelujah. Like I said, there's golden vessels and there's uh, other kinds of vessels. And if you want to be somebody who carries more valuable anointings and a greater degree of usefulness to God, separate yourself from some of these things. Well, glory. Tell your neighbor it's, it's something we're all working on. <clears throat> So it's up to you and I to do that. Now, Colossians 4.17, go over to that passage. Colossians chapter 4.17. If you want uh, further things to work on to qualify for God even choosing you to go on into the ministry, then you can read 1 Timothy 3 there. There's a list of uh, qualifications for ministry, which we'll actually do in class at some point. But let's look at Colossians chapter 4 verse 17. Paul's talking to uh, a man, I guess uh, he's, he's in the ministry of some sort. He said, say to Archippus, if I'm pronouncing that right, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. It's one thing to be called to it, but it's entirely another thing to fulfill it. Isn't that right? You're going to have to exercise faith to fulfill it. And uh, it takes faith to respond to that call. It takes faith to uh, really to uh, separate yourself. There might be some legitimate things God will have you lay aside. I, when, I was, when I went to Rama, now you've got to understand the way I say that. I'll qualify because people take it wrong. But uh, when I went to Rama, I was a big-time hunter, loved to hunt. We, I mean, every deer season, pheasant season, rabbit season, squirrel season, dove season, every season you can think of. I mean, we're out there. That's the way I was raised. Yeah. But that's, then that's fine. But whenever I went to Rama, so I took my shotgun and I'm... I'm thinking, well, I'll get out there in Oklahoma. Surely they got pheasants. Surely they got deer. Surely, you know, I'm thinking I'll just... But see, when I got out there, I was so focused on what God was telling me to do that one day I was praying about some needs I had financially. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to believe you for some needs. And I mean, for, for these needs to be met. And he said, sell your shotgun. <laughs> blah, 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 you know. <laughs> Amen. He said, you know in your heart right now, you can't give yourself to that anyway. I said, I know it, Lord. I know it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I marched myself down there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. To the pawn shop. Yeah. Sold me a shotgun. Yeah. Paid that bill. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't that hunting is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But you've got to realize if it's distracting you, if it's if it's keeping you from fulfilling what God's called you to do, then it's in the way and you're going to have to get rid of that in order to fulfill God's plan. Now, see, what happened was I just totally forgot about I sold all that stuff, totally forgot about hunting, didn't hunt for years. God sent me to Iowa. And I was here for, what, two, three years before it dawned on me, this is the best deer hunting state in the whole country. That's how separated I had become. I didn't even think about it. It took me three years. I think, what was it, guys? Three years or something like that. Three or four years before I even <laughs> got back into it. And I started praying about it. I said, Lord, is that all right? And he said, yeah. Amen. Amen. Just keep it sanctified. Don't let it get in front of what I called you to do and so forth. Amen. See, God gives you richly things to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy some things. But he just doesn't want it to be first. He doesn't want it to keep you from fulfilling the call. A lot of times until you die to something, you can't have it. Well, it's all true. Tell your neighbor, you might not have known that, but it's all true. <laughs> Praise God. 
Now, you, uh, so praise God for all these verses. Are you writing these verses down? You've got to give yourself to uh, preparing for what God's called you to do. And sometimes that mean, might, might mean laying aside even some legitimate things. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about this area of finances before we wrap it up. Um, go to, well, I'll just refer to it because most of you were here this morning. We, we were referring in the offering this morning to Nehemiah. You remember the 13th chapter? God, Nehemiah was restoring things that had been lost. Uh, they were be, they come back from captivity, you know. And uh, Israel, I mean, uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed. And God took, leads Nehemiah back there with a group of people to begin to build the temple again, build up Jerusalem. And uh, so they were restoring things that had been destroyed, and the temple worship had been destroyed, and they were rest restoring the temple. And one of the things that they realized was that all the priests were out in their fields working. Remember, we, re we referred to that in the offering. And the Amplified says they, uh, they, uh, were they were neglected, I believe, because they were forced by necessity to get out there and work because the people weren't bringing their tithes and their offerings. Then we went over to, uh, in fact, let's go to some of these verses here uh, this evening and look at them again because I want you to get them in these notes if you're taking notes tonight. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 because we're talking about separation. The Lord dealt with me. Talk about separation from secular work. Now, that, you, there's not very many of us in that, at that stage yet. But I'm talking to you about something. If you really believe you're called to the fivefold ministry, you need to believe, God, there's coming a time where I'll be separated totally from secular work and giving myself entirely to the ministry. That's where you're going. That's where you should be believing to go. I told you, you're going there to 1 Corinthians 9, but I told you about how whenever I... Uh, after Rama, after graduation, the Lord told me, I want you to get involved in healing school. I told both Pastor Debbie and I, get involved in healing school. And so we went there, and the more we got involved there, the more our hearts started really getting connected there, and, and we wanted to give more time. We just in our hearts to give more time. And the Lord kept dealing with us, pulled back. I had a, we, we both had commission jobs. She had a waitress job. I had a job cleaning air vents, and I'd just get paid by the job. My employer was a Christian man. He said, you can work uh, part-time, and you know, just work around your schedule, you know, and I'll, I'll give you jobs whenever you can work. And I said, oh, that's fine. That works fine for me. And the Lord kept dealing with me. Pull back. Don't give yourself as much time to the job, but give yourself more to healing school. Amen. Well, see, the Lord was trying to get me over into full-time ministry. Yes, Amen. 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 Yes, and one day he said uh, to me, because, you know, uh, I was at the place of faith. My faith was in the job. That's where I had my faith. If I work, I get money. If I don't work, I don't have any money. Well, generally, that's true, except when the Lord's telling you to give yourself to something that's not paying you right. more and more, yeah. then you're going to have to use your faith. And the, I was struggling in that area. Yeah. And I said, Lord, help me with this. He said, what did I say in my word? I, I would he said, I said I would bless what you put your hand to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, Lord, that's what you said. He said, what am I telling you to put your hand to? Amen. I said, well, you're telling me to put my hand more and more to healing school here. He said, well, then believe me, this is the way he said it, believe me for income through healing school. Because I said, God bless what you put your hand to. That's what he told me to put my hand to. Because, see, I'm called to the ministry. I'm not talking about somebody just lazy and doesn't want to work. I'd work all the time if I could. I just, the Lord kept dealing with me to give myself to more, to more of the ministry. So, I said, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, are you talking about believe to go on staff, to go on paid staff? What? And my mind was just in the way, and he said, I said, believe me for income. What's income? 
I said, well, two words, in come. What comes in. He said, money can come in when you're not on paid staff. Actually, later, Pastor Hagin, well, the, the man in charge of healing school, went to Pastor Hagin and wanted to bring me on staff. And I was all thrilled about it. Till I, and I had a meeting. I had to go preach in North, what was it, North Carolina, I believe, somewhere out there. And I was on the plane, and my belly started churning. And I said, i got to pray. I don't know what's going on. Something's, something's wrong. I fell across the bed in the hotel. When I got in, I started praying the Holy Ghost. No, no, I cried. I knew I couldn't go on staff at Ramah. Yeah. I wanted to. It was an honor. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be a bigwig, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those kinds of things. But I knew I could not. Somebody said, is there something wrong? No, nothing wrong with the ministry. It just wasn't God's plan for me. You understand what I'm talking about? And so I had to, I had to <laughs> politely, well, actually then, by, by praying that out, then they never even followed through with the, the meeting, you know, the, to the interview me. Because the man at healing school, he was setting up an interview with the Haggins. Well, I knew I couldn't do it, so I prayed that out, and they, ne they never even uh, uh, set up the interview. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is, I, I was thinking God was saying go on staff, but he said, no, just believe me for income, money to come in. I said, all right, so we got an agreement. We believe and agree that money will come in through healing school. Yes. Now, I've told it before, and it's absolutely the fact. Before that, I can't remember anybody. It may, maybe somebody $20 one time, you know, give us money yes, in healing school yes, while we were there preaching. But when we got in agreement and released our faith, it's like somebody got up and announced, you know, you ought to bless them. They're up here ministering all the time because we were there all the time. I mean, not, you know, a lot of time, I should say. Amen. It was like somebody got up and announced it. Do you believe faith works? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 So I, I, I <laughs> and people started giving up. They'd walk up to us afterwards. Here, I just had this in my heart to bless you. And it got to the point. I've been saying this, and this is true. It got to the point if $500 didn't come in that week, we'd look at one another like, what's wrong? Now, back then, that was a lot of our budget. You understand? It's different today, but that's a lot back then. Hallelujah. 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 And what God was doing was separating me into the ministry. Now listen, it's going to take faith. You're going to have to develop your faith for finances to get to that. You're going to have to wean yourself off of faith in your job. Amen. Yeah, you've got to have ministry to go to, not sitting at home saying, I'm just believing God for ministry. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some people, they want to, well, I'm just led not to work. Well, we're led not to help you pay your bills and, and, and not give you money for food. Because they that don't work don't eat. Well, what about you, Pastor? You don't work. Oh, you want to follow me around for a week? You'll be tuckered out by Tuesday. I mean, the decisions and the, the time and the emails and the... And the and the, and the, and the, and the. Yes. Amen. Not complaining at all. Loving every minute of it. Have grace to do it. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, well, so, uh, but have you found here 1 Corinthians 9? Let's start in verse 3. Mine answer to them that examine me for this, uh, me, me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Now he's talking about we have the right to, uh, you know, be paid. So we have, we have what we need. Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife? Now, he's talking about, actually, now this is something, I, while we're, since we're preaching to people going into the ministry, let me say it. Uh, 
have we not power to lead about a wife? And so he's talking about, now Paul wasn't married, but he said, we, well, let's read the rest of it. As well as other apostles, as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas. In other words, Cephas, or that's Peter, he was married. And when he would go travel, apparently, Peter would take his wife with him. And these other brethren would take the wife. And, and they have the right, because they're, they're, they're in the ministry, for their bills to be paid. In other words, to get enough for, to take care of both of us here. We used, to, uh, we used to stand on that verse for plane tickets when we were in traveling ministry, traveling, because they'd pay my ticket but wouldn't pay her ticket. Like Dr. Dufresne said one time, I guess you're going to pay my divorce bill too, huh? That reminded me of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm saying is you pastor a church and you invite a guest minister. This is the way we always do it. We always say, now, if your wife is able to come and you want her to come and she's not at home in the office and, and so forth, we'll pay her ticket, too, to come here. Pay her food, pay everything. Amen. Because, see, that's what this verse is talking about. Yes. Well, but that's more money, Pastor. Oh, yeah, thou faith man of God. Go ahead. And... So, uh, have we not power to lead about a wife, a sister, just like these other brethren? Or I and uh, Barnabas, have we not power to forbear working? Stop working? Who goes to warfare? And he's really on to them here. Who goes to warfare at any time at his own charges? I know I'm going long. I'm almost done. At his own charges. Nobody. Nobody does. Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat of the fruit of that vineyard? Nobody. Then he says, uh, Or who feeds a flock and eats not the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written uh, in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Amen. Does God take care for us? In other words, he's just talking about, is God just saying that to take out, I mean, to take, because he loves oxen, wants to take care of them? And verse 10 says, or saith he it all together for our sakes. He said, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written that he that plows should plow in hope. You know, when people come here to guest ministers, they, 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 they have the right to come and expect to receive our love offerings. Amen. That's what he's talking about. Because they're working. Yeah. They're, listen, they're working to help you get your harvest in. Amen. And it is not, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, too forward of them to expect that we do something to take care of them. Have we not power, uh, he said, uh, to do these things? Sure we do. Who, who plows, uh, he plows in hope. And he that threshes, threshes in hope, and should be partaker of his hope. Hope means expectation. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is, no, it, is it a great thing we should reap your carnal things? The answer is no. Amen. Now, Paul went on to say there's some things he didn't even take advantage of that he had the right to. I believe it had to do with the fact, you know, you, you go out and you start churches and you, you don't start out you know, doing things like that because people think you're just doing it for the money. You got to get them established in the word first. But, but to go down to verse number 14 or verse 13, do, we, uh, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained. Now this is New Testament now. The Lord is the head of the new covenant. The Lord ordained that they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Amen. Amen. 
So that ought to be what you uh, are, are, are believing God will actually come to pass. As you're faithful, He'll separate you into that. Can you see that? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So uh, Matthew 10, 10, I'll just refer to a couple of verses here. We're almost done. Matthew 10, 10, Jesus made the statement. See, normally in Bible school we go for three hours. So we're just going to, we're not going three hours tonight, but amen. Matthew 10, 10, Jesus said, when you go out, let, let's turn to it. I think some of us will not catch it if we don't turn to it. I, you know, we, we want to just flail our arms and spit cotton, you know, and preach. But we've got to slow down here every little bit. Matthew 10, look at verse number 10. Jesus sent out, I believe this is the 70, I believe here. Or no, maybe this is just the 12. But he's sending them out. He said in verse 9, Matthew 10, 9, Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass for your purses. Oh, see, he's telling them to take a vow of poverty. No, not such thing. We'll read on. Nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. Now what? watch. For the workman is worthy of his meat. He's saying, I'm sending you out to work, and you have a right to be paid out there. Isn't that right? Now, the emphasis, notice verse number 9, the first word. That's where the emphasis is, provide. See, God doesn't want ministers taking the time to take care of all their financial needs and never get out and do what God told them to do. He's saying, you just go, and I, I set up a system to where they that preach the gospel live of the gospel. Amen. You got a right to believe for that. I said, you got a right to believe for that. Am I preaching all right? God, we can spend a lot more time. We're, we're running out of time. But uh, then we have... Uh, uh, what we shared this morning, those verses there, they that preach the gospel, they live of the gospel. Amen? Amen. So that's part of being separated, isn't it? Yes, Paul charged Timothy, a young minister, to live by faith for his finances. That's what he's talking about. Whenever Paul said, I charge thee, uh, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Yes. You look at the context, it's finances. Yes. Fight the good fight of faith. Yes. Hallelujah. So he wants you to make God your source. God has a plan to supply ministers. And uh, as you are faithful, God will move you into that. If you're called to these five-fold ministry offices, now not just everybody maybe that's a lay minister, but as you're called to these five-fold ministry offices, I think you understand what I'm talking about. Amen? So this is God's covenant with ministers. You read Malachi 2, 1 through 9. He makes a covenant with ministers to do this for them. The Lord showed me that years ago. I said, all right, Lord, I see it. I see it. I'm taking this covenant right. So uh, he plans to take care of his servants, and uh, this is his plan to do it. Not through bake sales. Not through raffles, and we're going to give away a car and so forth. Now, maybe people might do something like that for evangelism or something, but, but I'm talking about to finance the things of God. Don't get all condemned about it if, if uh, you know, you, you take that. You can't, don't take that wrong. Amen. Amen. Now, almost done. Tell your neighbor I'm almost done. He, he's almost done. Uh, ministers, I've seen a number of ministers get off in this area, uh, either in business or something like that, and it distracts them from the call. I know people that aren't alive today because of that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with business, but it just can't distract you from the call. To where now you love a business deal more than you love Jesus and you love uh, that, that you love what God called you to do. It's a trap. Yes, sir. I've seen it. Too many people. I've seen people fall into that. 
I know Dr. Dufresne, <clears throat> he was talking to me about somebody one time. We, we got, I, I don't talk much about it, but he and I got pretty close. And he started sharing things with me. I'm like, oh, my Lord. I mean, I was surprised that he would talk to me about it. But uh, he, he started talking to me. He said, now, now there, this minister, and he, he, he said, now I want you to watch because he's getting off. I've tried to help him. But he's getting more and more into business. And, I said, and he said, uh, now, I, I've been praying for him, but I've also been trying to get his attention talking to him because this minister had been submitted to him in the ministry. He said, and uh, he's getting on dangerous ground. I said, well, doctor, I'll pray for him too. I know that's why you're talking to him about it. He said, yeah, we need him. He's getting off. I said, okay, well, we'll pray for him. And so, and then uh, a particular incident happened where he almost died, had an accident, almost died. And Dr. Frayne came to me and prayed. He said, he said see, see, this is, he's opening the door to the devil. We've got to keep on praying for him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And then tried to run for politics. I have another friend did run for politics and was in business and in the ministry and, 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 and he's dead today. I'm talking about 40s, maybe early 50s. Huh? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Now, if you can, if you can do some things on the side, investing, so forth, doesn't take your time away from the ministry, God will bless the, what you put your hand to. But you just can't be distracted from the call. Yes, sir. You remember over there in Mark 4, it talks about the 19th chapter, I mean, I believe it's the 19th verse, it talks about different kinds of dirt. One of them is the uh, stony, stony ground. And the stones are the cares of this life, deceitfulness, rich, lust of other things, enter in, choke the word. You look up the word cares, and you look up the word life, and, this, and, you, and, 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 and you'll find this to be true. This would be a way to say that. The word cares means distraction, and the word life means livelihood. So the, the distraction of, of getting a livelihood. Uh, especially ministers. God does not want you distracted with livelihood. The further, I'm talking about the further you go. Now, at the beginning, you've got to do what you've got to do to get over into this. Amen. But if you're called a five-fold ministry, no, part of the separation, that's what I'm talking about. Part of the separation is separating into giving yourself entirely to your ministry. The Lord said to me one time, there, he, he said to me about some things he had called me to. He said, now, he said, in this office that I'm calling you to, he said, many that I call to this, this kind of office do not live the kind of life, the consecration of life that is necessary to fully manifest it. Yes. And then he said this to me, that shall not be so with you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I said, yes, Lord. There's some things I just don't give myself to. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Eberly's ministry, please visit us on Facebook at Jay Eberly Ministries. Email us at info at eberlyministries.org or call us at 319-366-2147. And remember, God prepares the man to fit the mantle, not the mantle to fit the man. 